Hollywood Community Church exists to shine as light in our homes, in our community, and in our world. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. You know, we have a theme for our, our day today. It's going to be a different, different morning for us. And the theme is God in the midst of the storm. And we have, we have people here this morning who, who actually were right in the middle of that. And one of the questions that comes up is the question of why would God allow such a thing to happen? And especially when people who are going through that are experiencing distress, discouragement, even confusion about what's going on. And I've just jotted down a few notes that I, that I want to share with you today, a few thoughts. One thing is that it's, it's okay to have a, a range of emotions from an event like this. It's okay to have some distress and maybe some discouragement and, and, and even confusion about what's going on. Do you know we have a book in the Bible that's all about emotions and expressing emotions? It's called the book of Psalms. It's a great place to go and and to realize that God made us with emotions, and there's, there's several books there that just focus on expressing emotions to God. And, and I was just looking through the Psalms, and I noticed one thing, for example, the question why occurs some 27 times in the Psalms. Why, God? Uh, questions like this. Why do you sleep, God? It, it just appears with everything going on in my life like God's off somewhere taking a nap. Or why do you hide your face from me, God, in the midst of all of the things that I'm, I'm going through? Another phrase that appears a lot in the Psalms is, is the phrase, how long, some 17 times. How long are you going to allow a tornado to cut across our community here? And it's, it's interesting to see how much the psalmists feel at liberty before God himself to express some of what they're feeling. At one point, David, you know, he wrote a lot of the psalms. He said, my spirit was overwhelmed within me. That's the way that I felt. Asaph, another common writer of the psalms, said this, I am so troubled, God, I cannot speak. Where was God in the midst of of this storm? Why did he allow it? And as you study through the Psalms, you find out that the why is a very mysterious thing. And what happens over and over again is that the psalmists take refuge not in the why, but in the who, in God himself and in his character. In fact, David wrote these words in Psalm 28, 7, he said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. And when I do that, I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults. And with my song, I shall thank him. You know, some, some people who maybe don't know the God that we know ask the question, where was God in this storm? Where was Jesus in this storm that happened? And the answer to that question is in what some people have termed the faith thema. 
And you're going to hear about some of that today. The body of Christ. You know, we use that term in the church, but we forget that the body of Christ means that that's what we are. We are that expression of Jesus when an event like this happens. And no matter what happens, there's one thing that never, ever falters, and that is his promise. You know, in, in, in the book of Hebrews, in the 13th chapter, in verses 5 and 6, it says, first this in, in the first verse, it says, he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And there's a lot of content in that short statement that he makes. When it says he himself has said, it's a very emphatic way of communicating. It's basically saying this, you can truly count on it. It's come right out of the mouth of God himself. And his promise is, I will never desert you. It's just a word that means I will never let you go. I will never loosen my grip on you. I will never give up on you. I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. That second verb is one that just means I will never abandon you. I'm never going to leave you behind. I'm never going to leave you in distress. I won't leave you in a lurch. And there's one other thing that's in this short statement that you see there. I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. There's a, a construction in the original language that basically adds an incredible emphasis to these phrases, which we could translate, I will never, absolutely, positively, never desert you. I will never, absolutely, positively, never, ever forsake you. And because that promise is so true, he goes on to say, we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. Because he will never leave me, he's never going to abandon me, he's never going to forsake me, never, ever, ever, I can not be afraid, he will come to my aid. It's a theme in the New Testament. It's a theme in the Old Testament. For example, Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. No matter what's happening around you, do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Just a great theme of Scripture. No matter what's happening, even a significant historic storm like we just had. You know, it's verses like what we've looked at in Hebrews 13 that inspired a hymn writer. We don't even know his name. All we know is that the, the hymn was written by K, just one letter. But in 1787, thinking of these promises that we see in Scripture, he wrote these words. The soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never 
forsake. And in just, a, just the next couple of moments, we're going to sing a song together. It's a song called, When the Tears Fall. And I know a lot of us have had a, a, a lot of emotion this week. Maybe you haven't really expressed it or you've expressed it to some of your friends But sometimes what we fail to do is express that emotion directly to God. That's what the Psalms are all about. To let God know how we feel and and what we're going through. And it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have some sorrow and grief for elementary school children whose lives were lost, for families that were torn apart and lost loved ones, for all the damage that would happen. And so what I, I really want us to think about is as we, as we stand together and sing this song now, let him know if you have any emotion, release that. But as we're singing the song, remember, we're going to let him know how we feel, but we're also going to take refuge in his character and refuge in his promises. So let's stand together and sing. You know, like uh, many of you, uh, I've, I've shed some tears this last week. Uh, I remember specifically uh, Monday night, went with a, a set of people um, that evening to use some of our church vans to transport supplies up to more and people back out to, to, to safety. And um, you just kind of go into task mode and you're doing thing after thing. And uh, we'd gone up to the Warren, and we'd taken a group of people back, and I remember seeing Ruth Graham in her car, and she just said, hey, are you okay? And I, I just started crying, just standing outside her car, and, and I, I didn't even know exactly why, and, but the emotion was just intense. And I, I know that for many of you, you've probably been in the same spot uh, at some point this last week as you've followed the story or as you've volunteered your time. And really, when, when I think about what God was doing in my heart and in my life this last week, there's, there's two things that have brought tears to my eyes. One is that the devastation has been terrible, and seeing things that have been destroyed has been hard. But the second side is that the response has been beautiful, and seeing the body of Christ step up is, just brings a lump to my throat when I think of all that God has done. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to uh, have some stories shared. Um, we know that, that so many in this room have great stories of how you have seen God work, of things that you've seen God take you through this week, and uh, we don't have time to have all of them shared this morning. I'd encourage you to share those stories with friends over a cup of coffee in the days ahead. But, but we're going to share three stories of ways in which we've seen God work um, as a congregation this last week. And the first of those stories is going to be shared by our children's pastor, Brian Hayes. And uh, like many of you, you can come, up, come on up, Brian. Like, like many of you, Brian was immediately uh, moved and headed north to Moore right after the storm. As a matter of fact, Brian got there just minutes after the tornado went through and uh, had the chance to interact with some kids there. You may have seen part of his story on News 9 uh, the other night. When was that? Was that... Saturday night, I don't have, days don't even, I don't even make sense of days anymore. A couple days what ago, day maybe it? Friday night, he was on News 9. Um, but, you know, there, was, there were some things that he answered in that interview and some things that got edited out. And Brian's going to share a little bit about the ways that he's seen God work um, 
this last week. Go ahead, Brian. Um, in the interview, uh, a lot of things got edited out. They have a way of doing that, don't they? Um, but I, I was asked a question. Um, they had a pastor there, and they said, uh, oh, you know, it's great we have a pastor. I heard him talking to the cameraman said, oh, we're going to ask him this question. You know, what question is that going to be? And they, they go, okay, camera's in my face. And they go, uh, okay, so pastor, where was God? Um, and my, I reacted a little bit to that. I go, you're going to ask me that question? Really, you're going to ask me that question? And I paused. And then I started in. <laughs> um, I said, where was God? Are you kidding me? You haven't seen him at work? He's been everywhere. Where was God? God was in my prompting to get on my bicycle and ride to the back of the Warren to meet eight children who had just walked out of Plaza Towers School. I didn't know what my marching orders were to be, but that became my marching orders when I saw those children and they were came, came up. And I said, who, who, are we, who are you with? Or is there a teacher or anything with you? And they just looked at me and, no, and you're with me. You should have seen their eyes, Mr. Reporter. When, they, when I said, they're, they're with me, they just came to me. And clung, and we just sat down together, and we started to, they started to share their stories. God was there. Where was God, Mr. Reporter? I'll tell you where God was. God was also with me when I was looking and assessing the situation, and I was, I was, the kids needed cleaned up. They needed to be taken care of. They were dirty. And I was just, before I could ever get the prayer to my lips, and it was in my mind, that I could use a little help here, God. I could use just a little bit of help an ICU nurse that just showed up on the scene just came up to me and says, can I help you? <laughs> yeah, you can help me. I'm, help me with these children. They could need some care. And immediate action started happening. God was there. Have you seen him? Did you, not, did you miss him, Mr. Reporter? Uh, God was there when a phone line somehow opened up and our family and care pastor, John Abernathy, called me and the phone rang, and it startled me, and I was like, I answered it because I couldn't get out any, any kind of calls. And, I, and, in fact, everyone around me was, was like saying, how do you have a phone line? And I said, I don't know. I think it's God. And I put it on speaker. I said, John, I need your help. He says, anything. What can I do? And, and John and Lori sat down at a table. Maybe their kids were there. I'm not sure. But they all helped. And I said, we need to locate these families. And so they used social media. They used all the mechanism they had at their disposal to contact families and post the names of these children and, and, and my number that they're with me. And one by one, I started getting texts from family members saying, where are you at? Is my child okay? And text was going through. So that was incredible. God was there, Mr. Reporter. Did you not see it? God was there when we before I started taking all the names of the children, we gathered and we held hands and I said, we're going to pray and then I'm going to take your names and we're going to find your folks. And a little kid, kid interrupted me. He thought he was still in school, raised his hand. <laughs> little Colby, I got to say something right now. Yeah, what do you want to say? He says, Pastor, he says, I made two people become Christians today. Okay, this is just minutes after this tornado ripped through. I said, what, how'd you do that? I want to hear that story. He says, he says I told him we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And two kids say, well, I don't pray. He says, we're praying. <laughs> we're praying. 
And, and I'm not even sure his theology is all right and everything. I talked to him later. But you know what? I, I leaned into him. I said, you know what is awesome about that? You know what is so awesome about that? And I hugged him. And I said, in the midst of terror, in the midst of the pain that you were going through, the most desperate time, you looked up. You didn't raise your fist at God. You cried out to God saying, help me, save me. And you got others to participate. That's incredible. God was there, Mr. Reporter. Have you not heard about it? Have you not seen it? Have you not witnessed it yourself? God was there. God was there when I visited with this little 13-year-old girl who, were, who was rubbing her legs. Her name was Brianna. And I said, Brianna, honey, she was the last to get some attention, and she was rubbing her legs. And I said, told the ICU nurse, I think she needs some help. And she says, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm just, my, my muscles hurt. I said, why, honey? Why do, your, why do your muscles hurt? And she says, well, I was there at the school, of course, and uh, my mom was there as a teacher's aide, and she was a special needs teacher as well. And she had been... Um, a car had flown through the school and hit her mom in the head. And she, her mom was hurting and suffering, but yet her mom was caring for these kindergartens. And she said, I cannot leave. She made eye contact. She had a short conversation with her daughter, but she told her daughter, you need to go find others. You need to get them, get them to safety. And so Brianna went away from the most comfortable place with her mom. And she stepped away from that to help others. Are you kidding me? That mom, a single mom of eight, was there caring for her little group of kindergartners, sent her daughter out to save others. God was there, Mr. Reporter. Have you not seen it? Have you not heard? He was there. Brianna carried, the reason her legs were hurting because he carried two kindergartners out on her back. And she walked from the, war, or from the, the Plaza Tower School to the Warren. God was there. God was there as I witnessed Hundreds of help, helpers being mobilized at the Warren, coming together. Was it a little crazy? Yeah, but it was all coming together. It was all coming together. And I saw people drop down all their denominations, all their beliefs, just for the cause to help those who are hurting. And it was a beautiful thing, Mr. Reporter. Have you not seen it? It's happening right now. It's happening everywhere. And you see, Mr. Reporter... God's everywhere, and he still is. It's just that sometimes we catch it, and we get to see it for ourselves. Hey, we want to praise God in this moment together in prayer, and we also, as we do that, we just want to Remember those who were impacted, like Brianna's mom and, and all the, the, the children in those schools and, and all of the uh, people that have, have experienced loss in this tornado. We want to be lifting them up. And so, you know, you all have, have followed this. You've talked to people. You, you've experienced things. I'm just going to give you just a moment of silence. I want you to think of someone or someones that you've seen and interacted with in, in the last week, whether through television or firsthand. I want you to pray for them right now, that, that God would work in their lives, he would provide for their needs, um, and that Christ would become known as their Savior in their hearts. So spend just a moment and, and, and pray for someone specifically.
Father, you are not absent. This has not slid past you. Um, You're on your throne. Savior Jesus, you are at work through the body of Christ, ministering aid and comfort and hope. Spirit, you're at work in our hearts, prompting us. The part of us that wants to dive in, the part of us that wants to help is your spirit within us compelling us forward to minister love and grace at this time. Father, you are truly here. You are truly at work, Jesus. You are truly prompting us, Spirit. We praise you for that today. Father, we pray for those who have been hurt, those who have um, experienced loss. We pray that you would comfort them through your body, through the knowledge that you're on the throne, and through the work of the Spirit in the lives of your people. Father, may you be glorified And may people come to know you through this difficult, difficult time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Brian mentioned that there were some things happening over at Plaza Towers. We're familiar with that. But there was another school that was impacted, another school that was involved, and that was over at Briarwood Elementary. And one of the teachers over at Briarwood is our very own Karen Uckert. And uh, we've asked Karen to come now, uh, Lori Abernathy uh, is, is coming with her as well as her husband, Paul, and uh, she's going to share a little bit with us about her experience and uh, how God was, was uh, at work there this last week. So, yes. Many of you know um, Paul and Karen Eckert. Um, Paul is the director of the Early Wine YMCA that is at 119th in May. He and their younger son, Brody, were there when the tornado hit. Karen taught music at Briarwood Elementary, and you've seen the footage, I'm sure, of that. And she and her older son, Kester, were there. Um, Karen's foot was broken when a door landed on it um, during the tornado, but we are thankful, very thankful, that she and Kester are alive. Um, Karen, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your experience was and what you've seen God do in the last week? Um, we talked about God in the midst of the storm, and um, I think, I don't know if any of you have heard any of the audio tape or the video that my friends had recorded. One friend, she uh, meant to turn on her flashlight because the power was out on her phone and ended up pushing the camcorder button on her phone instead. So it was not something that she had done intentionally. But you can hear her saying, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. And uh, dealing with that and being in that, I think that's maybe the only thing I said too. Because it's one of those things that as long as you can still say it, and as long as you're still breathing, you're okay. Uh, You don't know if that's going to be the next second, if you can still say that, but right now we're okay, and that's all we could say. I had my son with me. He was supposed to have a day off of school, and that was because of a misunderstanding. He was with me, and he kept saying, can I just go home and be my, you know, I'll just go home, and I was like, no, storms are coming. You need to be with me. I need, I can't have you making those decisions on what to do, and as it turns out, our home is completely fine. (laughs) So, um, 
Uh, we were huddled down in a bathroom, me and two other teachers and my son. The preschoolers were right on the other side of the wall from us. And um, I thought about this this morning that I still have never actually seen a tornado because we were in the building. And we didn't, I mean, there were some teachers that saw it coming, but I'm just grateful that I didn't because I think, I don't know if I could, we could possibly have been more afraid, but that would have really freaked me out. Um, but anyway, so we're in the bathroom, and um, my friend had, I, Kester and I were under a sink, and I had my arm through the little pipe there, just trying to think, you know, if we get, and you did kind of feel like you were levitating a little bit, and, you know, if we're going to go, I'm going to hang on, and we're going to stay here, and she let go of my hand for some reason, and I said, don't you let go of my hand, <laughs> and I honestly thought that if she uh, was being sucked away that I, we could hang on to her and hang on to Kester and we were we were going to be okay and you know that's all you can say we're okay we're okay we're okay um, when it finished the door had um, blown out it didn't fall on my foot it went flying and landed on my foot just craziest thing and um, you know as Kester it was on Kester's foot too and he's like oh it's on my foot and I'm like okay and it was a, not an easy door you know, you're, you get that adrenaline. I was like, you know, I lifted it up off his foot, and it put more on my foot. And I was like, wow, that really hurt. So we need to really get that off of my foot. And uh, we pulled it, I pulled the door off, and we came out, and I had told my son, don't look at anything. I didn't know what we were going to see. I didn't know what kind of carnage was going to be out there. And nothing. People were getting up and walking away. And as we walked out the back door, there was a car in the middle, and come to find out there were like four different cars that had just missed us as a school, and there were teachers, literally my friend, holding up walls, just like what Brian was saying, were protecting their babies. And uh, they are, most of the teacher friends have injuries to the back of their heads, have staples where things fell on their heads because they were over their children. And... Uh, they are bruised and battered, and the kids were fine, and we thought, well, we made it, and we came out, and this is what we see. And we really had to keep children from running out into their neighborhood to check on their houses and check on their mommies and check on their baby brothers and sisters, and we did have two babies from our school that were in the neighborhood that were not at the school but had passed away in their homes. Um, but then when I was asking, you know, everybody, Kester, oh, I was going to say, too, Kester came out of the bathroom, and he was in shock, and there was a man as calm as could be going, you okay? You're stay with me, buddy. Are you hurt? He was kind of feeling on him to make sure he was okay, and brought Kester back to me, and we go walking out, and then you could see the six, we were with the sixth graders, and they come out of the building, and they see the first and second grade buildings were just leveled. And they had brothers and sisters in there, and they are wanting to run in and save them. And my son grabs a hold of them and says, you are not going to help them by running in there. You stay with me. We are going to get out of here. Now you walk with me. And he has his arm around like four kids, shoving them out of the building. When just seconds ago, he, he, I, he was in shock. And so we come out of there, and uh, like Brian, the kids are just standing, and you want to comfort them. But then another tornado looks like it's forming above us, and we get them out in the street, and the tornado sirens go off again, and we're wondering, there is no shelter. Now what do we do? You know, we've just seen this happen. 
and uh, the kids are wanting to know what to do, we're wanting to know what to do, but the police are there and the first responders are there and I asked somebody, well, where did the tornado start? And they said, Southwest 119th in May, which is where my husband and my other son were. And I knew we were fine, but I didn't know if somebody was there to pull them out. And so I just get on the road and we start walking down west on 149th toward the Y, just kept saying we got to get there. And Kester was upset because we were leaving children and he was trying to comfort them and help them. And he's carrying children across water with no shoes on. And he's just, I will never worry about what kind of person he's going to grow up to be ever again because I just saw his daddy in him and I saw him coming and rescuing and comforting in this situation. And so we're walking down the road, and I finally did find someone with the pickup truck that was willing to take us to where we needed to go. He's over power lines and tele around telephone poles, through fields, up ditches, just trying to get us where we need to go. And he had a son that was over, I think, at Brink, and we weren't sure where it had gone, so he was trying to get there too, and I got there, and the Y was okay. But part of our story is that my husband knew that the school had been hit, so he gets in a car, and he takes off, and he comes up, and this is what he sees, and he doesn't know where we are. And so God, in the midst of the storm, is the fact that even though we didn't know what was going on, he was there, and he knew what was going on. And I don't know why our school didn't have the tragedy that Plaza Towers did, but God was there, too. He wasn't just with Briarwood, and he was not not at Plaza Towers. He was there also. Um, one of the funny things that I thought about when I talked to a good friend of mine, uh, the storm was on top of them, and they're in the bathroom, and the kids are screaming, and she's saying, now would be a great time to bring prayer back into the public schools. <laughs> and one of the sixth graders looked at her and goes, well, do it! <laughs> and so she's praying over her children and shouting prayers and protection. And you have to understand that your teachers in, the, in this area, especially in this public school systems, 95% of the women and the men that I work with believe in the Lord. And they love those kids. And they were praying over those children. And I think one of the things that kind of bothers me was I related to Asaph in that verse. Um, I was so troubled I couldn't speak. And that was sort of my reaction. I just, we, it was happening and I just didn't know what to say. We knew it was coming and I couldn't talk. I couldn't think. And a good friend of mine who teaches music at my son's school reminded me of Romans 8.26 that says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we don't know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us groanings too deep for words. And I know that you don't know how to pray because you, if you've been there, and a lot of you have, it is so overwhelming. Where do you start? And these children are going to have trauma to come out of that and survive that and see their homes gone. It was probably the worst thing to have seen them go through. I saw some of them on Thursday at Wayland Bonds. They had opened up their school with stuffed animals and food and backpacks and for us to meet with our teachers and to, to hug on our children and see that we were whole and that we were okay. And 
my kids were asking me, Mrs. Huckert, what happened to your foot? And I'm like, it's broken, it's okay, it's not a big deal. And, um, and I think I was saying this in the first service, I asked this one kid if the scratch on his face was from the storm, and he's like, no, it's just my eczema. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there were just some flesh wounds. The teacher that you saw with the blood coming down her face, she had cracked her, her whole cheek, and she uh, looks pretty awful. Um, but the children then started asking me how I was. My home's fine, and their home is gone, and they were still concerned about me. That, again, is... God's creation, I think, inside of us. And um, we went to a prayer service. Um, it was supposed to be a faculty, all-staff meeting at Southern Hills Baptist Church, and the pastor of that church got up and just comfort. And he started praying, and at the end of the prayer, he read, we all kind of quoted this together. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's not just in that moment that God's not just in the storm. He's in the cleanup. He's in the healing. He's with our family as we deal with not sleeping. And it's the effect of what we went through. But he's with those children. He's, he's not just in the storm. And yes, he was there. But he's there now, and he stays. And I pray, and I would ask that you would pray for us as you think about the Uckerts, that you would pray that we don't forget that when something happens down the road, we don't wonder where God is or how could he have let this happen because in a life and death situation, he was there. And we are still here. And we don't want to be like people who forget. Um, you all are heroes for going into that situation and helping, um, helping my kids. I wanted to be there to make the First Baptist Church, and I wanted to be there at Journey because I knew my kids were there, at 650 of them, and I couldn't go. But I appreciate you all being there for my kids and helping them because they did lose a lot. But the Lord is with us wherever we go. A couple of thoughts. Uh, first of all, Karen, you were there. Um, you were obviously there on the 20th, but you were there because we are part of one body. We were all there. The body of Christ was there. Um, second of all, just the, the, the picture of those teachers and the, the description of covering the kids, I, I just, just think of the picture of the covering we have from Christ and the protection that he offers us. And, and really the, uh, the testimony that is of the Savior's work in you, um, that you were thinking of others and you were protecting others. 
at that moment. And so we, we want to right now, we want to lift up the two schools that were, that were directly hit, Plaza Towers and Briarwood. And, and here's how we're going to do that. Um, this side over here of the room, you guys are the Plaza Towers side. Just a moment. I want you to pray for Plaza Towers. I want you to pray for the students, for the, for the principal, for uh, the families in those neighborhoods. I want you to pray for the teachers over here, Plaza Towers. And you guys over here, you guys are going to be the Briarwood side, okay? Um, and let's take just a moment and let's lift up those two schools and the teachers and the administrators before the Lord. So just bow your head and let's, let's pray. Father, I want to just thank you so much for um, the Christ-like example that we've been given from the teachers and the administrators at these two schools. Thank you for how you use them as your instruments of grace and provision in the lives of those children. Father, we uh, thank you for that. And Father, we, we turn to you now because the task of rebuilding and the task of recovery and the, the task of processing all of this is far too great for any of us but Father, it's not too much for you, and we pray that you would bind up the hearts, um, that you would heal the minds, that you would salve the wounds of every child, of every family, um, of every teacher that was impacted by this storm, Father, and that you would be um, their healer and their provider, and that your son would be their savior. And Father, we thank you for the Uckerts, we thank you for Karen, we thank you for Kester, um, we thank you for Paul and Brody. We pray that you'd be with them now and that you would help them, as Karen said, that they would always um, remember your faithfulness in their lives and that they would walk forward from this point um, with that as an anchor for their souls. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Um, Hey, I, I wanted to just mention one additional thing with that. Um, as a church, we really want to stand with those teachers at those two schools. And so one of the things that Wildwood is doing is we're, we're giving $3,000 to each of those schools so that the teachers can replace so many of the supplies that they lost as a part of that. And so I want to stand with the people at Briarwood and, and uh, the, the, the people over at Plaza Towers. Um, well, so many have been involved in this process of uh, relief and, and, and cleanup, and um, our college pastor, Jeremy Horton, and Eric and Anna Miller have been right in the middle of that mix, and I want to invite them to come on up now, and they're uh, up here to share a little bit about some of their experiences this last week, like much of your experience this last week working in the cleanup of the storm. So, Jeremy? Hey, well, as most of you have seen through our city post or through Facebook or whatnot, we've been running our vans pretty much nonstop. We've been 9 to 1 in the morning, and guys are doing all kinds of stuff, but we've been meeting a whole lot of needs, and uh, Eric was on uh, several of those van runs, and so I just, uh, could you tell us kind of what you've seen, what are we doing in the vans, um, how have you been a part? Yeah, um, so a couple things, one... Uh, mainly what we're doing is Wildwood did a great job of, you know, partnering immediately with Journey, uh, partly just Journey's location, being closer to it, um, and, and using our resources as vans and whatnot to take supplies and people into the area 
um, so that we can either help them with people or help them with supplies, such as uh, the Moore Community Center, which is right in the heart of it, so people can just walk up and uh, get stuff there. Um, so th that's mainly what I've been doing, is doing that, and then as Jeremy also good ideas of just carrying Gatorade, so as we're driving through the neighborhoods, we can pass out Gatorades and whatnot. Um, so I've really seen two things. One, I mean, just the destruction, as you've seen with pictures, it doesn't get any better when you look at it, as most of you probably have already seen. Um, but the other thing that's been talked about a couple times up here is just the, the, a glimpse of what the body should be um, and how we, if when we work together in the way that we are working together in this moment, um, we really do shine like light. We do stand out. When we went, the, the, the last day that we went, uh, some of the places that we were originally going to to supply, like more Community Center, uh, they basically said, we're moving, we're kind of doing this. Um, but there's some other places that could use some help. Um, and every place that they gave, it was a Red Cross Center, was more Community Center, or was more Community Center. But every place that they gave were churches. Um, because people are going to the churches. The churches are the ones that help out. The churches are the, were the ones that were first there to help. Um, and so it's just a glimpse of what, what the body should be and what it could be. And we're going to, you know, denominations, you know, Southern Baptist, uh, Methodist. Just it, it didn't matter. You know, we were all one. Um, and it's, it's been pretty amazing. It's been uh, kind of interesting as, as we watched this last week progress because we've seen originally the vans were taking up and stocking the goods and then they realized well people who have no house and have no car have no way of getting to these centers and so then we started loading after we've unloaded we started loading it back up and going into the to the areas and one of the things we got to do uh, a couple days ago was uh they have these big old trucks that are cooking tons of food, but getting it out to the centers because obviously you're not going to leave your work to go pick up food and then walk back. So we just loaded up, and so we loaded up, you know, a thousand chicken wings, and our Eric's hanging out of the back of the van, just saying, <laughs> just yelling chicken wings. And uh, so one of the guys was like, it was like an adult ice cream truck, and so. Uh, <laughs> So it's just been, it's been interesting. We had another group of guys uh, yesterday who, you know, it's just you get in the neighborhoods and you start asking, what do you need? How can we help? And they needed ice because they have no power, so they have no way of keeping food cold. And so they ran and got ice and are just holding it out the window, and it's just flocking. And so it's been kind of great to be able to fulfill needs as we see them. We had uh, ran into a guy. I was like, how can I help you? Do you have any men? I was like, no, but I can get you some men. And so we had uh, some Wildwood guys get involved in that. And so that's one way. Anna kind of has been on the band, but she's also uh, one of the first ones I saw at Journey. Um, and she's either been, I've seen her in all kinds of just different various roles. And so could you kind of share how you got involved, what you've been doing over at Journey? Yeah, um, and I wanted to reiterate, we are not up here because we've done the most by far. We are just a face of many um, but probably like most of you, when Monday kind of calmed down on TV and the media was just showing you the destruction, I was just left with this like angst of like, okay, what, what do I do? Like, how do I help? You know, they're telling you not to go up there. We have our three kids sitting in the living room with us watching television. And um, the first thing I heard was go to Journey at 9 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Uh, and so that's what I did. I showed up at nine and along with 
so many other people and tons of donations, and it was just utter chaos and craziness, but it was so awesome, again, to see the body. Like, I made friends with complete strangers because we'd see each other throughout the day. We'd be like, hey, I know you. What's your name again? And um, sorting feminine products, sorting chicken soup, sorting clothes, like, um, just... Yeah, uh, I think the big thing for me was just showing up, um, not having any idea how to help, knowing that um, it was probably going to be insane for a while, and it was. There were definitely times when you stood around and you're just like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I've been sorting chicken soup for two and a half hours, and I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Um, but being available um, and just going. Uh, and so, yeah, Journey's done an amazing job in they continue to do that, but I, um, I think just like being there and just going was like the biggest thing was just, okay, I'm available. It doesn't matter what I do, but I'm available. It's been kind of cool over at Journey, just the initiative. A lot of, sometimes the knock you see on the church is there's not enough initiative, but I mean, if you've been around at all, you've been able to see that. Um, remember, Anna was like, okay, I'm going at 9 a.m., but 9 a.m. wasn't early enough for her, and so she, she texted me around 10 and was like, I need an air mattress. Do you have an air mattress? And I was like, yeah. And then she texted back, I'm coming to get it. And I was like, what are you going to do with my air mattress? <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, right, you're probably not going to get it back. And then 20 minutes later, it's like, I bought 10 of them from Walmart. I'm going someplace with them. And so it was just kind of cool to watch all of us kind of rally around it. But what's kind of cool about Anna's story is she's been able to serve um, because you guys have three kids. Eric's in the military, which... Um, today, you know, this is Memorial Day weekend, and so um, we need to be sure we honor our military as we kind of go through it. Um, sorry, I kind of, I kind of drew you into that one. You like that? Uh, but uh, Anna, you got, you have three kids. What are you doing with your kids? Yeah, we have um, an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, and my eight-year-old, uh, they. The two oldest are from Ethiopia, and they had no idea what a tornado was, which they actually call the tomato. Um, (laughs) uh, They don't know how to say it. So we had to describe to her what it actually was when she was watching it on television. um, And the realization of the devastation that it was going to cause was, you know, was crazy to her. But then the next day, um, a friend of mine, they were still, the kids were still in school at this point, uh, picked her up so that I didn't have to leave Journey, brought her to Journey, and she worked alongside of me for like six hours um and she loved it and she was able to tangibly see like how she could be a part of blessing the people that she knew had been affected by yesterday the day before um and the other two this is like the biggest deal to me because um i had moms call or text me and a group of my girlfriends every day and say i will watch kids if you want to go like I can't go or today, you know, you know, and for whatever reason, like, but I will open my home. And so I dropped my kids, my two youngest, off at somebody's home, somebody's, yeah, somebody's house every day that week so that I could go. And I was so blessed by that because I, I know the itch that, it, like, that I had to be like, I just want to help. But I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't take a two and a four-year-old and think I was going to get anything done at Journey. And so I was able to have my hands free to be able to go and serve, um, and it was such a picture, and I, and I say that to encourage you all, if you've been praying, if you've been just 
talking to people, if you've been available, like that to me was how the body like really came around each other. And it didn't matter. It just showed me, and I've been learning this even this week of sorting chicken soup, that it didn't, it didn't matter what I was actually doing. It was the fact that I was obedient or the fact that I was willing um, and how the Lord uses his body in all different roles. Um, and I, I know, like, my story for me, that's, I'm not the only one um, who was able to be able to go out and do because somebody helped them. Um, so that was a really neat way that the body came together. So it's, it's just been kind of fun to see the different, I mean, a lot of times we equate service with riding in a van and delivering stuff or a shovel out there or sorting, but, I mean, Wildwood families have been coming together and saying, I've got your kids, you go, the next day I've got your kids, you go, and so forth and so on. So it's just been kind of cool to see the creative process of how we've been able to rally around each other. So. It's, it's been such a blessing. I know that literally thousands of man hours have gone out from the body at Wildwood in the last several days, and um, this is a great opportunity for us to pray for those who are at work in the relief and in the cleanup efforts. And so here's how we're going to do that. Uh, This side over here, you guys are praying for the volunteer army, okay? Um, Pray for those that you know and and the, the situations that are going on in terms of volunteers helping. And you guys over here, you guys pray for the professionals, uh, I want you to pray for the Red Cross and the fire and the police and, and uh, Samaritan's Purse and those organizations who are coming with expertise to help direct these volunteers so that the, the, the project is done. So I want you just to, to take, take a moment and uh, just, just bow your head and, and begin praying for these things. Father, we are so thankful that you have everything that is needed at this moment. You have the materials needed, you have the people needed, you have the expertise needed. Um, And Father, it's a process of, of this community and these leaders figuring out how to direct those things, but Father... You're behind it all, and you have the ability to, to be at work through this. And so, Father, we pray for the volunteers, and we pray for the leadership of our city, uh, that you would work through them to provide the help needed at this time. And, Father, we pray that you would protect against injury, you would protect um, against any, any problems developing like that, but that um, your grace and your mercy would go forth, and this city, these cities, would be rebuilt Uh, swiftly. And we pray these things now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, you know, as uh, a church over the last several months, um, we've been talking about our Ready for Takeoff initiative, which is all about us lifting our eyes up and looking out and being a part of God using us to share his love with our community as well as the world and um, it's just interesting in the midst of this time that, that God has this disaster hit our city and to see the response of the body of Christ at Wildwood has been such a huge encouragement to, to all of us here, uh, knowing that God is using you. And, and no doubt, some of you are here today and you are looking for ways that you would like to get involved yourself. And so uh, I'm going to share with you a few ways that you can get involved in the days ahead um, in, in reaching out. First of all, I want to just share, if you are here today 
um, and you were impacted by the storm. Your, your house was, was damaged. Your house was destroyed. Um, you are in need of assistance in some way. We don't uh, expect that we already know about all of those things. Um, out in the gathering hall, we have uh, a table set up. There's a, a banner that says tornado relief. There are uh, some, some forms there. We've got some people out there. After the service, go and let us know what you need. We want to run to you and help you in meeting those needs. And so that's one thing. Uh, second thing is, if you are looking for ways to get involved, you can get involved with your time and you can volunteer. And at our website, uh, wildwoodchurch.org backslash tornado, um, we have all of the ways that you can get involved that we're aware of right now. It's a dynamic situation. And times, uh, things come, uh, you know, frequently to us, and we try to share those. And so we try to keep links to those things and those opportunities posted at this location. Also, if you're a part of our city, Wildwood's online community, you can sign up for that through our website. You'll find a link on there, and you can sign up for that that will allow you to get email updates as we find needs and opportunities to get involved. Uh, one thing that we know, we have an ongoing partnership with Journey Church, and they have a partnership together with Red Cross and others. And so if you are looking for ways to get involved with your time at 9 a.m. and at 2 p.m. every day beginning tomorrow, you can go and have a short briefing, and they'll put you in work crews to go out and partner with homeowners on site. So if you're looking for ways to get involved with your time, you can do that. There's information about that on the website. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a dynamic situation. Just even while I was up here, uh, heard about another opportunity to help. It's an immediate need today over in Little Axe um, at the Absentee Shawnee Tribal Center. Um, there's a set of directions. I'm not going to bother giving them to you right now. If you're available to go this afternoon, I'll post these online or you can come and find me. Um, but they need manpower, and uh, they need some supply delivery out there. So there's needs today even right there um, over in Little Axe in that area. Uh, but we have a lot of opportunities to volunteer with our time. Uh, you also can participate financially. One of the big needs right now is that, you know, gift cards and help with, with lodging and those kinds of things, and all those tasks take money. We set up very early on a tornado fund, 100% of the funds that come into that, are going out to help families in need at this time, and, and people like the teachers over at Briarwood and Plaza Towers. And so you can give to that online. There's a link through our website, uh, but you also can give to that this morning. And uh, we have an exciting opportunity. In just a moment, we're going to uh, take up an offering. I'm going to go ahead and have the band come on up right now. But we're going to take an offering here in just a moment. And as we take that offering, know that today our elders were unanimous in deciding that 100% of today's offering is going to go towards tornado relief. Um, so we'll add that to the money that's already been given and we'll be able to really help uh, families in need at this time in our community. And so you can get a part of helping this financially. You also can pray. Um, just, you know, it's not just praying. It's seeking the Lord in this time to, fulfill, to provide for all of our needs. And so we have many opportunities to get involved as a church right now and would encourage any of you as the Spirit leads to get involved in ministry in our community uh, in this season. Um, we, we have the privilege of coming together now, and as our offering is passed, we have the privilege of celebrating and worshiping our great God and so would you please stand with us now as we sing?